Welcome to Rock Bottom Wellness, your one-stop shop for the lowdown on root cause nutrition. If you think you've tried everything to get your health and life back on track, think again. With your host, board-certified nutritionist and thyroid expert, Tiffany Flayton. Hey there, this is Tiffany from the Rock Bottom Wellness Podcast. I'm sure you've heard me discuss my book, but now I wanted to give you a little bit more information. This book is called The Rock Bottom Thyroid Treatment, the eight-week thyroid diet for people with normal thyroid tests to thrive, not just survive. I take you through my journey and how I was able to thrive after a thyroid cancer diagnosis. From there, I take you through the exact steps it took me to be able to feel better. The biggest difference for people who read this book is that it took me years to recover because I was figuring out the steps along the way. You don't have to do that. Unknowingly, I was creating a program that would be helping my future clients thrive after their diagnosis of a thyroid condition, or even for people who think they have one but just haven't been diagnosed yet. This program includes three phases that are methodical and specific for overcoming so many symptoms and obstacles when you feel overwhelmed with fatigue, depression and anxiety, and hopelessness. I spell it all out for you in this book. Don't waste years trying to figure it out all by yourself. You can get your own copy from Amazon, Kindle, or Barnes & Noble. Share with others so that they can help themselves too. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of Rock Bottom Wellness. I'm your host, Tiffany Flayton. Today's guest is Dr. David Rendelstein. He is a leading expert in the weight loss field, but more than that, he is a living testimonial to the success of weight loss through lifestyle change. He lost over 100 pounds in six months using the very system he now uses to help clients lose the weight they have been battling for years. As a trained chiropractor and the owner of ThinTech, Dr. Rendelstein has extensive experience in helping people finally achieve lasting weight loss and an improved quality of life. Dr. Rendelstein is also the creator of the revolutionary Thin Test, which helps people to identify their barriers to losing weight and keeping it off. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rendelstein. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to talk today about your um, job as a wellness and weight loss expert. So can you tell us how you got into doing that? How did? What's your story? We all have a story of how we do what we do. So let's hear it. Yeah, so, so Tiffany, my story is not dissimilar from your own in the sense that I had a personal experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the guy who was always going up and down in weight. Uh, I was teased as a child for being the fat kid. Uh, And I had various times where I would lose weight and feel terrific, but it always seemed to come back. And then after I graduated chiropractic school, uh, I went years without losing weight. So I was the fat chiropractor. I was the fat, you know, holistic doctor. Um, And people would look at me funny. And I tried a lot of things, Uh, you know, and that's a typical story when people come in for weight loss, right? You always hear that they've tried everything. They say, Doc, I've tried everything. I've tried Weight Watchers and I've tried Jenny Craig and I've tried. So that was me as well. I tried everything um, and it wasn't happening. I would lose some weight. I would gain it all back. And then I found this amazing program. I was at a, a chiropractic seminar. And a couple of guys had lost a lot of weight. Uh, and these were guys who were very heavy and they lost a lot of weight. And it was funny because I had gained the weight that they lost <laughs> and more. We, we like had reversed right. situations. And so naturally I was intrigued about it. I ended up doing the program. 
Uh, I lost 100 pounds, um, changed my life in a lot of ways, and I decided that I wanted to help people do the same thing. Awesome. That's that's the thing, you know, how a lot of us are practicing and, and working now with our clients is that we have that personal story that brings us to do what we what we do. And then I think that helps our clients resonate with us better as well, because we've been there. We get it. We we get that, you know, the person who's tried every diet out there, known demand, probably five to ten times each. And so um, you found this one thing that worked for you and now that's your process. So can you give us a little insight into that? You know, why is that different than the other, you know, programs out there or the hundreds of things that they probably already tried? It's a great question. And, and it's something that's lost on a lot of people because everybody who's done programs, they do some version of just restricting calories. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the problem with weight loss is that it's termed weight loss. Right. It should be termed health restoration. Yes. And that's where we focus. We focus on restoring the health of the body. So the example I always give is I always compare the body with the metabolism to an engine. Mm-hmm. And of course, it needs the right fuel. But the engine has to be working right. Right. Now, what can happen to an engine? What could go wrong with an engine? And by the way, I know nothing about engines. Okay, I mean, <laughs> good, because I, I don't either. I drive a stick shift. Yes, but I do know this. I do understand this much. If the, if the engine is all gunked up, it's probably not going to work very right. Right. It, it very well. Right? If the engine is lacking oxygen, it's not going to work well. If it doesn't have water, it's not going to work well. So what we want to do is we want to address all of these individual problems that could impede the engine from working properly. A proper engine means health. A proper engine means the body is going to burn fat as fuel. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at all these individual pieces. So the first thing that we always do on a program is we always detox. You know, it's so important. We want it. We want to get rid of the gun. I live in New Jersey. Now, New Jersey is known for toxins, but it's true everywhere in the country. For sure. Uh, it turns out that the federal government uh, has about 80 chemicals that have been certified, and we're breathing these things every day. Um, and that's not even the chemicals that we're eating. So we want to do a cleanse. That's the very first thing that we do. We also want to address hydration, which is not just a matter of drinking more water. Mm-hmm. because the water has to be absorbed. And most people don't know this. And I have people come in here and they're drinking seven gallons a day. Right. And all they're doing is they're just peeing a lot and they're actually diluting their minerals, their micronutrients, and they're peeing them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why they come to someone like me or someone like you, because we know these things. We can help them. We can be the Sherpa for that. Right. All right. We also want to work on, on oxygenation, we talked about, and that's largely about pH. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to correct the pH in the body. So there are conditions that will allow the body to work correctly, and there are conditions that will prevent the body from working correctly. And we want to restore those conditions so that people could have the energy that they had when they were young, and people could burn fat and have the metabolism like they did when they were younger, or some of them did, some of them never did. Right. Uh, but that's the goal. So it's one of those things, and this is hard for people to wrap their brain around when they've been so focused on just the end result, which is the number on the scale becoming smaller. And they want to do that in a very quick way that doesn't require them to change anything for any length of time. 
and they want it, right. you know, they want to eat what they want when they want it. And, you know, they are shocked that they might lose some weight by reducing calories. And then six months, a year, whatever later, you know, it, they put it right back on and they're back to where they started and probably, probably worse off me- metabolically, um, toxically, right. <laughs> they're probably worse because they haven't set the stage for restoration <laughs> and optimizing their health. And so you practice much like I practice getting to that root cause of why their body isn't functioning properly. So detoxification, if we can touch on that a little bit more, uh, that's, that's one of the things that I have heard so many times that, you know, our body knows how to detox there. We don't have to do any kind of specific detox because our body already knows how to do it. So those are just people selling stuff or people just, you know, whatever. So I, I contend that, we are bombarded with chemicals that we've never seen before. Our food supply is not the greatest quality. And the stress that we have, especially in these current conditions, in, you know, if you're listening to this in what is, we're recording this middle of June, we're in the middle of, you know, this pandemic going on in our society, and everybody is highly stressed more than they were before this started. So we have all of this stuff. And to think that we don't need to help support the detoxification process blows my mind. You know, do you, have you had that conversation with other, even other professionals? On occasion I have, but, Mm -hmm. but let's understand something. That's basically a philosophy of apathy. Yes. That's, these are the people who say, well, you know, uh, you got to die from something. Or you could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Or, you know, everything is bad for you. You know, you've heard those things over and over. Yes. And, you know, if we believe that, we wouldn't do what we do in the first place. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about detox. But then you hit on something really profound. I, I want to go to that, if that's okay with you. Yep. Um, regarding detox, what we're trying to do is get the body into a specific state called autophagy. Mm-hmm. Now, auto is self and phage means eating, essentially. So it's a state, and this is a documented thing. People could read this. And it's a state where the body is basically cleansing itself. It's, it's, eating, it's eating up the bad organelles, right. the bad parts of the cells. It's getting rid of that. So that can be done. Uh, that is part of the detox that, that we are looking at and that we're helping to drive. Right. So, uh, and... and, and you mentioned our food supply. You're right about our food supply. But how about this? How about the fact when we have people on the program, we'll say, you know, you may have to change your personal care products. Mm-hmm. And people look at us like we're crazy. Not people, we're primarily females. My guys don't care. Right. If I, they don't have to shower for six months, they're fine with that. But, <laughs> but, but for women, that's a crazy thing, that's right? a big deal, yeah. Right. But what they don't understand is what's in some of that stuff. They don't understand that there's a whole class of chemicals that are called hormone or endocrine disruptors. And that they do what they say. They literally disrupt our hormone. They literally mess things up. That in and of itself can cause obesity. You know, that in and of itself causes hormone imbalances. And as a nice bonus, they're also cancer causing these chemicals. So it doesn't make sense to do a nutritional detox without also detoxing every other way that we can. Exactly. Right? 
But the thing that you hit on, and now you and I could have a, an interesting conversation and other people could, could listen in, is that people are so results-oriented. They'll do the right things for just as long as they see results. Mm-hmm. And if, God forbid, they have a day where the scale doesn't go down or something, then, then they're discouraged. And discouragement is the devil's favorite tool. So my question for you is, because this is a challenge that I face, how do we get people to be more process-oriented? How do we get them to enjoy the process of, of building health as opposed to them being so focused on just the bottom line results? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could ask you the same question. My my uh, approach within my programs is to really help people focus on self-care, connecting the dots between what they're eating and how they're feeling, and just staying the course and staying with me for a longer period of time so that we can navigate those pitfalls and keep them from, you know, even if they backslide and step back, you know, to know that now you have the tools that you know how to move forward. So those setbacks aren't as long or as detrimental as they maybe were, you know, a year ago or whatever. So that's the, and, and, you know, if there's many other things that they can do that I'm not qualified to help them go through the process and doing, but really dealing with that emotional aspect of eating and why is it that they keep going towards what they keep going towards? You know, what is a self-sabotage? It's a self-esteem and looking at all those types of things. So um, that's the only way that I know how to sort of help navigate those things. But, you know, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy to keep people on that process journey and um, I, I would say, and probably for you, I would imagine for you too, that by the time they come and look for me to work with or you, they're probably already have gone through the gamut of things and know that, okay, I need to do something different now. And that is going to be much more comprehensive than anything that they've done before. So they already sort of have that in their mind when they come to work with me. So and it's right. a little easier. Right. I- yeah, and I, and I think people need to understand, you know, part of what you're saying, which is that if they're doing things that are focused purely on losing weight and not actually getting to the root cause, not getting to the rock bottom, mm-hmm. then they're going to eventually they're going to slow down their metabolism. They're right. going to make their bodies work uh, less effectively, and ultimately they're going to gain the weight back and more, and they're going to be in a worse state of health. So we we really have to have those definitions down. There is a definition of health. Um, there, health is about function. It's about bodily function. Mm-hmm. And most people have that wrong because they think health is lack of symptoms. Right. And as long as the focus is on that, then whatever you do to just suppress those manifestations of ill health, uh, you never get to the root cause. And uh, so I think, you know, you've named your business entirely appropriately <laughs> and more people have to have that understanding. Yeah. And the reason that they don't is because they're only getting it from people like you and I. They're not getting it from big pharma. They're not getting it, no. you know, from even the government. I mean, they're not getting good data. You have to be willing to really search and to really be able to fight if you want to be healthy in today's society. Yeah, I, I think your listeners need to know that. Yeah, it's it's definitely not the easy way. You know, if you want to actually restore health and 
and resolve your symptoms once and for all versus, you know, like you said, just masking, you know, covering up, maybe you drop a few pounds and then your blood pressure maybe comes down a little bit and then you think you're good to go. You know, it's much deeper than that typically for the people that I work, you know, for sure. The people that I work, that come to me and that I work with are definitely needing much more than just that. But it's, it's definitely that mindset shift and the fact that our, you know, day to day, the people go to different practitioners day to day or people they seek help out, you know, from day to day are not getting that message. They're getting the message to just mask the symptoms and you're fine kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, here's what I'm going to suggest. And when when I start thinking about these things, right, and it goes deeper and deeper and I, I start, you know, thinking in very revolutionary, subversive ways. And it's, when you think about it, our whole society is just set up for quick fix satisfaction. Yeah. There's a, a disservice that's been done. And it's almost from the moment we're born. For the most part, we're not going to school to learn. We're going to school and studying to get good grades. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything that we do has to have an immediate reward. And it's not just for the, for the joy of doing it. And, and by the way, when we talk, I mean, we're not talking from some ivory tower. This is with ourselves as well. We're struggling with this. It's an operational basis that we've had for years and years and years. And it really needs to change. Ideally, it would change in all of society. And, and I'm going to assume there are societies that are like this, but certainly not this country. Right. We're not like that. We want what we want. We want it right now. Yes. Yes, for sure. The struggle continues. Yeah, very much the instant gratification. And I think, honestly, I think part of um, what has been highlighted here with what's been going on in our world is time to step back a little bit. We've had that time, forced time to maybe look inward a little bit and, you know, kind of figure out what's important. And I think health obviously is at the forefront of that and just restoring health or being in optimal, the most optimal health you can be to avoid getting sick. And I think, you know, I think that our job might be a little bit easier as far as trying to convince people, because there are those people we have to, I don't work with those people, but the people that you have to kind of convince that what we do is actually legitimate and, you know, trying to really help people, you know, in a different way. So I think maybe this horrible thing that's been going on might sort of you know, turn the corner for us a little bit. That's just my, my optimistic thinking on that. You, you know, well, no, no. And I, and I'm usually an optimist too. And I, uh, on this topic that I go back and forth and I've actually, I've spoken a lot about this. Uh, you know, I've been doing Facebook lives and, and here's my, here's my concern. So you and I believe that the right conclusion to come to, given that we've had this time and given that there's a challenge now to our health is that, well, the, the, the solution is, to not be one of the vulnerable populations, Mm -hmm. to build up our bodies, to make sure our immune systems are functioning well, to make sure that our body fat is low because that directly affects the immunity, to make sure that we're not in a chronically inflamed state also affects our immune systems. Mm -hmm. So that seems like the obvious thing. It's a time again for a personal revolution where people are taking responsibility for their health, for their health, Mm -hmm. for their health. They're learning about these things and they're, they're taking the right actions. But here's my, my fear is that people will come to the wrong conclusions. And here's what I mean about that. How many times do you hear people say, well, 
we need a vaccine and we shouldn't leave our houses until we have a vaccine. As if that's the solution, more medication. We don't have enough medication. It's, we have more than any other country in the world. Right. We're 5% of the population, of the world's population. We take 60% of the medications. We have the absolute worst health, health outcomes mm -hmm. of any industrialized nation. And yet the conclusion that we come to is we need more intervention as opposed to more help. Yeah. And that's, that's my fear. People need to really understand that. We have this time. We have this opportunity to look at it. But you don't hear people talking about this. These experts who are out there, they're immunologists. They don't talk about the immune system. Mm -hmm. They talk about washing our hands obsessively. Right. <laughs> and listen, and it's one thing to do that for a short amount of time. It's a novel virus. Fine. I get it. But yeah. they're talking about doing this for the rest of eternity. Yeah. As if that's the answer. So, right, right. We will never win a war against bacteria and viruses. The bugs outnumber us in our own bodies. Our they own outnumber body. us 100 to 1, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know this, but how many of your listeners know that in, in their body, I think there's about 6 trillion human cells. And there are 100 times more than that when it comes to viruses, bacteria, etc. right. Crazy. We can't win a war against them. There's simply too many. So what we can do is optimize our health in the way that makes sense. We're all individuals, so we have to, you know, work on things according to what's, you know, what our underlying conditions might be or what our health status might be. But there's so much we can do. And of course, of course, there's those anomalies where people who are perfectly healthy or that they think or you know, you would, you would, most people would probably think, and they are getting so, so sick from this. So I understand, I understand that there are some anomalies with that, but, um, I think just generally speaking, what else are we going to do? What, you know, if we can have some control over what we're doing to our, with our body and be not be this passive, you know, participant in our life and our health, I think, we have to be proactive and really start dealing with things that we can control. And that starts with diet. That starts with our products. That starts with our behaviors. That's what we can control. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first of all, you're speaking my words. I feel like a, a ventriloquist <laughs> now, but obviously we've all come to these same conclusions independently. Yeah. I, uh, when this started, I started a Facebook group. And the idea was, well, the first thing I was doing was I was sending videos out to my clientele. Mm -hmm. And a friend said, start a Facebook group. And the idea was to help people get through this time period. Mm -hmm. So my Facebook group, I was doing lives every day. Uh, now that I'm going back to the office, I won't be doing that as much. But I, I interviewed some people. And this is exactly the kind of thing that we were talking about. What's really needed is, is to take back control of our health. And like you said, and it was very well stated, is that we can't control everything. And if we try to control everything that's going out there, we're, we're playing a losing game. But we can choose the things that we can control, and we can control those things. And in fact, we must do that. Right. And if we abdicate control, if we abdicate our responsibility to the experts and to the companies who have big financial incentives, then we're lost, yeah. in my opinion. We're absolutely lost, and we, we won't find our way back. Mm -hmm. They love that. They love that. And I hate to use the word they because you always hear people these days screaming about they. Who's they? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who's the they, right? But they they love that when we're totally dependent on them. Right. 
Right. I mean, think about it. Think about who's going to benefit from this whole situation. You know, I, ideally, people should be marching about, and I don't want to get into marches or politics, but sure. we, should, we, should be, we should be protesting how our food supply is these days. Uh, we simply can't get the nutrients from our food, and it's poisoned, and all of that. So these are the kind of things. If we if we're really concerned about health, exactly. If we're really concerned about health, it's one thing to say you're concerned, but if you are, then then that's where you're going to put your efforts. Right, and and I think it's a change in thought process too to believe that health equals medicine, vaccination, you know, whatever that is something that's outside of yourself because you know not to say that there are cases where we need some of those things and I'm not I mean we don't I'm not knocking them by any means but when we just default to something outside of ourselves all the time that does not actually create and maintain health and people need to shift that thought process in my opinion right. you know that they need to have a different idea what health is Absolutely. So, so let me let me disabuse your listeners from from that notion that you get, that health can come from medicine. Yes. Uh, so, if you think that health can come from medicine, then obviously the next step is well, the more medicine you take, the healthier you are. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so medicine is not proof that you're healthy. It's an indication that you're not, because the very definition of healthy is where the body is functioning correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no need for medicine. The person who's taking the most medicines does not win. Right, <laughs> right. You have to understand that the goal, and 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 for some people it's an impossible goal, right? Some people need to be on certain medicines just to survive. It's a much smaller percentage of the population who's actually on medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal should be to be independent to not have a need from it for it. Uh, that's the idea. And that's what we should all be working towards. Exactly. And I, I think another thing I hear often is that they've been told that if they start X medication, that they will need to be on it for the rest of their life. Right. You know, um, I remember that for myself after um, having, it was, it was probably six weeks postpartum and it was at the, that's right when my, undiagnosed thyroid conditions ramped up and first time ever they for whatever reason did a a cholesterol check and my cholesterol was high and and again I'm thinking logically well I'm six months postpartum you know I have all these underlying symptoms kind of made sense to me but here's your Lipitor you need to be on it the rest of your life there's no Mm. way that you can't basically survive if you don't have it you will have a heart attack so I was I was you know 30 or 29 years old or something like that um so I was really not having that but I was scared I was scared because of how they were talking you know talking about it and so you need to advocate as if the problem as if the problem was a lack of Lipitor in your bloodstream right right Right. they were curing a lack of Lipitor essentially right no again there are always reasons there are always causes listen people need to understand that that just because someone's wearing a white coat it doesn't mean that they have all the answers Mm -hmm. the medical doctors in this country and and it's like any other profession most of them are very well-meaning and are and are competent 
in what they know, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. They really don't do health. And I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm not putting anyone down. All they've studied is pathology. All they've studied is disease and how to treat those diseases. Mm -hmm. If you go to a doctor and say, hey, doc, you know, he'll say, well, what's wrong? What's the problem? You say, no problem. I'm, I'm here to get healthier. There's nothing for you. He'll look at you like you're like you're a lunatic. Mm-hmm. There are different kinds of doctors. Everyone everyone needs an, an MD when they need an MD. Yep. But really, there are different doctors, and I would encourage people to find holistically oriented doctors, people who are trained in health. Again, health has a definition. Health comes from the word, root word. I think it's Old English, something like hal, and it means whole. It means wholeness. Right. Right. Getting uh, pieces cut out of you doesn't make you more whole. It might save your life. Yes. As you know, it could save your life, but that's not the same as building health from the foundation. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think that there might be a future. I'd like to see a future where there are two different kinds of doctors and, but accepted by the state, by insurance. And the one is a health practitioner and the other is a disease practitioner. Yeah. I'd like to see that, and I'd like to see those distinctions be made, um, because if you, if all you've ever studied is pathology, and then you're calling yourself a health practitioner, you're not really being fully honest, or at least you're not having a full understanding. Mm-hmm. It's true. I never thought about that, that they're just studying, you know, there's practitioner and pathology and, and how to how to fix the disease, treat the disease. And I look back to, you know, pathogenic microbiology classes and that kind of thing. We discussed all these different microbes and then how to treat them. And that was just in undergrad. You know, that wasn't, I would, that wasn't in med school. (laughs) And that's the model and and people, and, and the model is so entrenched. People don't understand that there are different models. So you and I went to the same school. We got different degrees, but we, we did go to the same school. Mm -hmm. Right. And when we were there, a lot of the classes were just on that. We're just on disease. That's, that's part of the curriculum. So, I mean, sometimes even as a health practitioner, you have to search to find out what health is. You have to understand that health doesn't come from these outside factors. Health comes from, we like to say, uh, above, down, and inside out. Mm -hmm. You know, think about it this way. You could look at this scientifically. You could look at it philosophically, spiritually, religiously. But they both amount to the same thing, right? Uh, and and, And let me use spiritual language here. So when we were born, uh, uh, God or the supreme being uh, breathed life into us, right? He gave us life. So there's got to be an assumption, not that the breathing of life stopped, but that it continues. Because the idea to be given life without having the means to sustain it is absurd. Right. It is. We were designed to heal. You know, like I said, whether by whatever your philosophy is, whether by a supreme being or whether by by natural selection, we were designed to heal. And that's self-evident. If we cut ourselves, it heals. You know, the question to ask if something's not working right, if if you've been healing and self-regulating your whole life, and then there's a challenge that your body's not responding correctly to, you know, it's not what medicine I need. It's what's going on such that I'm not healing in the way that I should be. Mm -hmm. And, And most 
most people don't ask that question. Most people just accept what their doctors tell them. But it's changing, I think, because people are starting to challenge their doctors. Yeah. And that needs to happen. Yes. And I, you know, I remember um, many, many years ago going, you know, through college and finding out I what I believe is part of my undiagnosed thyroid condition. Um, yeah. And I, I will say that I had a I should have been diagnosed with thyroid condition a long time before I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I will, I believe that a hundred percent based on so many of my symptoms through, through my whole life. One of those being depression and anxiety. And I remember pushing my psychiatrist who was prescribing my medication who incidentally, he, he um, added a low dose thyroid medication to my antidepressant one time just to see how it worked. Cause some of his patients felt better, even if they didn't have a thyroid condition. It, I felt so much better. It was amazing, you know, that, that that was the key there. So that that was kind of an indication to me. But one of the things that I kept saying, pri- especially prior to that, I would push back and say, so when am I going to feel better? When am I going to actually, like, turn the corner and not have this depression and not feel like I can't get out of bed and not feel like I can, you know, like, where I can start to actually be motivated and to participate in life? And he just said... Yeah, I don't know, you know, <laughs> I don't know, go to some therapy. So then I started therapy and thought that would do the trick. Nope, that didn't do the trick. And I kept pushing back. When am I going to feel better? When am I going to feel better? And that was never, that was never the case because I was on medication for the depression. And that's kind of all I was, I was just supposed to sit back and, and um, go with that. And the, the thing well, and is, think it about- didn't work. And think about that diagnosis. It was purely a symptomatic diagnosis that you were given very powerful psychiatric medications for, mm-hmm. right? They asked a bunch of questions and then wrote out a, a prescription. Right. Forget about the fact that everything from, you know, uh, uh, low blood sugar to um, adrenal insufficiency to lack of minerals, I mean, a lot of things to, to thyroid issues a lot of things can cause those same symptoms. Yep. The teenage angst yes. could cause those, those symptoms, right? So where was the systems-based approach? Where was the ruling things out? No, here, take this. These are powerful medications. Right. These aren't fixing things. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 at the best, they're suppressing symptoms. So, uh, and, and, you know, I'm getting into some controversial things here. Uh, I, I, I hope your listeners are somewhat uh, flexible in the, in the way that they understand things. I'm, I'm not trying to make anybody wrong. No. Well, I'm trying to make some people wrong. Uh, and, and while I'm complaining, let me say this, and, uh, and we, were, we mentioned this before. I was absolutely livid when the head of the National Institutes of Health came out and said, that the solution from now on is that we have to wash our hands obsessively and we should never shake hands again. Yeah. This is what he said. Not for now, not in this crisis, but we should never shake hands again. This is what this, is what this guy said. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this question out. I'm not even going to answer it. Obviously, I think people can tell how I feel. Right. All right. There is a... Scientifically, you can absolutely defend that, right? You can say, well, if you're not shaking hands, you're not transferring the the viruses, the bacteria, right? Obviously. Mm -hmm. Okay. How how about this? Tell me this. What is the the health 
um, effects of chronic paralytic fear of our environment and everyone in it. Tell me that. Tell me what that does to the immune system. I assure you it's not helping it. The least we could expect from somebody who's in such a high position is to think a little bit and to not just talk about microscopic bugs. I'd love to see this guy at a wedding, right? Can you imagine he goes to a wedding and everyone's hugging and kissing? Is he standing there in the corner? What is he doing? Yeah. What does he want society to be? Exactly. You know? We can, we've chosen to live with the bugs at some level. We, we have relationships with them. We have symbiotic relationships. They, we help them survive. They help us survive. Right. When things get out of balance, they don't help us survive. It goes the other way. Right. But I was just, like I said, absolutely livid by this, the thoughtlessness. Uh, and so that's it for my complaining, only positivity. <laughs> well, I, I would agree with you. In, that's what I've seen and been kind of heartbroken about is the, the like you said, the paralytic fear. And it's it puts everybody into more of a fight or flight and freeze right. mode. And I think people are paralyzed with fear. I, you know, there's so much detriment to mental health, immune health, with that. And it's, it's just not helping anything. I mean, I know that we have to, you know, there's controversy and what to do about all of this in general, but that long term for, you know, ever or whatever is, is not, is not kind of where we should be in my opinion, based on that, because that stress, if we're constantly in that high stress mode, more than we already were prior to any of this, our society is just so high stress. Uh, all of our health conditions are going to ramp up like crazy. It's it's devastating. Yeah. It's absolutely devastating. Again, this is a man who never studied health. And he's an immunologist. Wow. That's the thing. Immunologists study the immune system, I thought. Right. Right? What does that have to do with the immune system? Yeah. Stress and immune system. You can see many, many articles published about that. That's kind of, kind of basic in that level. Yeah. Yeah, so so in in the light of positivity going forward, like you mentioned a second ago, um, how do you help people find joy in the creation of their health, which I'm sure is a part of your whole system and process of weight loss? You know what? You know, it, it's challenging. It's what we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. We try to give an understanding. I mean, what we're talking about now is understanding. At least when people have an understanding, they can make a choice. Right. Right. That, that's where the whole knowledge is power comes in from. But it's a it's a hard fight because of the things that we're talking about now, because of the understandings that people have had for decades. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to change that. Um, so how how do we find joy? I try to stress that a person there's, there's, there's a part of the process that can be enjoyable when we surrender to just doing it and we're not doing it for that extrinsic goal. Right. Right. Shopping can be enjoyable. Uh, it can be burdensome. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a little bit of a choice there. Cooking, preparing food. You know, historically in, in, in societies in the old country, you know, the families would cook together. Right. I mean, that can be enjoyable. Eating healthful food. You know, yeah, so quick story. I had a couple of friends come in from out of town. And we're in, I'm in northern New Jersey. And northern New Jersey has great Italian food. 
So the first thing they want to do is they want to go for Italian food. We go for Italian food. We go for pizza. And the pizza place we went to is known for, they have a pie that's double the size of a regular pie. It's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, it's delicious. Deliciously disgusting. disgusting. (laughs) Right. So my my friends are eating this and I'm not eating it. Right. And they're looking at me like, how could you miss out on this and whatever? And they're being critical of me. By the way, this was the appetizer. Then we went to the restaurant. Oh, wow. Okay. And I had, yeah. And I think I had chicken and broccoli or something like this. And the one guy is being really critical of it. By the way, I, I, I come to find out that he had actually had a, a, a bypass, a gastric bypass. Wow. And he's being critical of me. Okay. And my thought at the time was, you know what? I love the fact that I'm going to be able to go home and breathe. I'm going to be able to lie in bed and breathe and have a good night's sleep. I would hate to be in the position he's going to be in. I've been there. We've all been there. Yeah. Right? Where you're just disgusted and there's reflux and Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can't breathe. You can't sleep very well. You're low mood. So I think that there's joy in that. There's joy in how we feel when we do the things that we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether it be eating or taking walks outside, breathing fresh air. Uh, grounding is something that we promote. Uh, mm-hmm. We probably have talked to your clients about grounding, which is simply getting your bare feet on the ground for at least 20 minutes a day. It has amazing, helpful benefits. It sounds too simple and silly to work, but it does. Yep. So I think these are. This is a start for enjoying the process, um, but it is always a challenge. It is always a challenge, and you have to find those things that do provide you joy and that can change through the seasons or through you know different not life seasons not change of the seasons although that can happen too I guess with what's available for different activities that you find you know enjoyment from but it can be as simple as reading the reading a book it can be as simple as you know playing games with your family or like you said cooking something that obviously if you're trying to eat a little bit better you know finding ways to enjoy the cooking process with your family um, that can be kind of a whole thing you know it can be a whole process that everybody is a part of and it can be kind of a ritual or tradition that becomes brings a ton of joy and much healthier. So um, I, it's it's just different for everybody. And that's the thing. It can be simple. Like you said, grounding. It's simple. It can be so simple, simple, but, simple, but very girl. helpful. And it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to spend money or go anyplace to do that. Right. So. Right. Hey, you know, when, when we talk about stress eating, right, everyone's a stress eater. Mm-hmm. Everyone says it's a stress eater. So I was thinking about this. I'm like, what is it about stress eating? What is actually going on when we're stress eating? And here's what I think it is. If you look at if you look at stress, what are the qualities of stress? Well, there's something that's unknown there, right? You generally don't know about the outcome. So there's a, there's a bit of a mystery there. Uh, it's something you don't want to confront. It's something that that's difficult to do. Whatever the stressor is, whether it's you know dealing with a a, a spouse, a boss, money stressors, they all kind of share those qualities. But then you take a piece of food, right? Whatever that piece of food is, your favorite stress-eating food, whether it's cake or candy or something, you know, more salty, pizza, for example, and you look at the qualities of that. Well, it's a known quantity, number one, right? It's not unknown like the stressor. You know all about it. Uh, It's easy to confront, right? You look forward to it. 
Whereas, whereas you don't want to confront your stressor, uh, and you're always going to win. In other words, the, the outcome is always known. You're always going to win. You're always going to get that jolt. So I think that's what's going on when people stress eat, and the idea because let's face it, when we let's say we've eat, we've stress eaten a thousand times in our lives, well, our record is a thousand to nothing. Right. We've won every single time, yep. right? Unless we miss our mouth or something like that. We've always mm-hmm. done it successfully and it's tasted good. And for that moment, we've won. Right. For that moment. For the moment, yes. Right. So what we need to do is find other easy victories. Find other things that give us a, a, a jolt, but that don't involve things that will hurt us over time. Exactly. Whatever that is, and you mentioned some great ones, read a book, connect with your family, do some grounding, things like that. Those things are also easy victories. Mm-hmm. So yeah, replacing those that, that reaction to go and eat for no reason other than and you know anticipation of some upcoming or pending thing um you're replacing that with something that's healthier and actually that's going to build and work towards restoring health i mean that's you know i know it's easier said than done especially for people who are you know have a true eating disorder and that type of thing um but it's something that can definitely be worked on but it's not something that's completely figured out overnight just like what you do and what I do, we don't do quick fixes. This is not about quick fix. Like I said, kind of before with your program, I'm sure your program isn't like 21 days and then you're done and all your problems are solved. It's, it's a process. And if only, right. If, That's what people only, want. Everyone wants that. They do. Um, but like, like we said before, by the time they come seek us out, they probably have already done that 1000 times and they're looking for something to actually really heal themselves and to feel better. And so that's where someone like you or me or many other people out there doing this kind of thing can help us help people with and get rid of that whole quick fix mentality. So other than the things we've already talked about, are there there some barriers to overcoming um, weight loss issues or resistance? What are things that we sure. haven't touched on? I mean, we kind of did. So it, it, it's, it's a good question. I don't think you're purposely setting me up, but you are setting me up here. And, and so let me explain that. I actually, in thinking about this, I created a test, okay, uh, an evaluation, an online evaluation that helps people identify their barriers. Okay. Uh, the barriers are finite. You know, there are the barriers are either physiological, environmental. Um, they're finite, uh, and I identified six on this particular test. And what the test does is it allow pe- it allows people to go and identify their own barriers to losing weight, to keeping it off, to getting healthier. And it's, it's really valuable information. What we find is that a person can only kind of rise to their weakest link, right? They can only rise to the level of, their, of the barrier that's getting them down the most. So we want to be able to identify that. We want to be able to create strategies for that. Here's a typical example. So I mentioned environmental. Some people are social leaders. Right. Some people, uh, you know, they're invited to a party and that's their lifestyle mm-hmm. or they go to an event with their family. There's a lot of pressure from other people. The environment is telling you often to do things that aren't uh, for your health. Right. 
So it's good to know that it's good to have strategies to handle that. It's actually not as hard as you think, but it, but it can be hard to face that, to tell someone, uh, no, thank you. You know, you, you don't want to insult them. You want to be part of the group. Mm-hmm. So that can be overcome, but you have to understand that you do have that uh, barrier. There are other people who live with sabotagers. Also, that's an environmental barrier. There are people who don't want you to do well. You you don't know how many times I've had people on, on the program say to me, you know, I'm doing really well. I'm feeling really good. My friends are criticizing me. My friends are saying nasty things to me. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Some people don't want you to get ahead of them. That's they get envious. But that it can be handled. And, and actually, let me just give that one away. Uh, <laughs> the best way is to be proactive. Like, you know, hey, I'm doing a detox for my health. We, we, we encourage people not to say weight loss. Right. Right? You know, because there, there comes a whole bunch of judgments about that. And, Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm doing a detox for my health. And, I, I you know, I would love it if I could have your support. Can I have your support, please? Mm-hmm. And most people are going to say yes. If not, then they got submission. They need a timeout. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're the kind of person that's going to say nasty things either overtly. Like, oh, that's what you're going to eat? Great. Now let's see if you keep it up. Right. You know, this happens yeah. in, the, in the world. This actually happens. It's, it's incredible that it happens. But, but if you handle it proactively, if you handle it with gentleness, then most people are going to be like, of course, I'm going to support you. I love you. I want the best for you. And for those people who can't do that, there's a different conversation and there's a little separation that's needed. Right. And I think it brings awareness to the people trying to, you know, work through your program or restore their health and other and other aspects when those people sort of get, you know, in your life, get kind of shaken out of the woodwork and you see what they're doing a little bit more Then I think that brings to surface some other things that probably should be dealt with. And so, you know, it's a part of the whole process. And that's sometimes where we stay in that self-sabotage or allow people to sabotage our efforts. Absolutely. And and I can tell you, it runs the gamut. Like it, the worst I've seen is people who will stop doing the program because of those outside pressures. And then I've seen people, they won't stop and they're doing well, but they just don't feel as good about it. Right. Which is which is incredible. And, and you mentioned the word process. And there's another word that people use all the time, and they use it kind of in a glib and superficial way, but it's journey. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that people have to understand. What do we mean by journey? Well, if we go back a couple of hundred years, if you lived in New Jersey and you wanted to go to California, you know, you had a you had to prepare for it. You had to you know, get the wagons together and you were traveling. Now, I assure you, anybody who ever tried to travel cross country on a horse, uh, they were going to have some barriers. For sure. There were going to be rainy days where you couldn't move very much. Uh, You know, there were going to be detours. Things were going to happen. They knew that. They understood that back then. These days, we don't understand it as well. but, But if we have that understanding, that those things are inevitable, but if you're if you're dedicated to getting to California, you're going to stay on that journey, stay on that road. Yeah. That's a and really that's great comparison. People. That's a great comparison. I like that because it it tells people that you know upfront that this again going back to the anti quick fix thing. You know, 
it's it's showing them that you're going to have barriers and that's that's a part of the process it's normal it's just what happens it's called life basically right you know that's what i talk to my people about too right isn't it absurd to think that we're going to go on a journey and by the way if someone needs to lose 50 100 pounds as much as they want it to happen in a day it's not happening right right but isn't it absurd to think that you're going to accomplish something that's massively important that inherent in it is is a time factor and that there's not going to be any challenges right. you know we 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 have to be adults about this yeah it's so simple you know when you say like that it's so of course like anybody is going to listen to that and go of course there's going to be issues but when we're in it and we're you know desperate for reaching the goal of in this conversation weight loss you know people they their thought processes or their rationalizations just go out the window because they're so desperate so many times to get to that end result and right. they don't really care what it takes to get there. And that's where people do desperate type of things, you know, different types of surgeries or pills right. or potions or, or whatever. So, um, 100%. yeah. So is there anything that we we haven't touched on that you'd like to talk about? And and I, obviously I want to ask you how people can get in contact with, with you and your website and that kind of thing. But is there anything else that we need to discuss? There's so much to discuss. I mean, we could go on and on. You and I, we think about this stuff <laughs> most hours of most days, yeah. right? And we've talked about it with clients. We've talked about it with other professionals. There's so much. I mean, I think the only thing that I, I would say right now, just leave people with, is uh, is that we're in, we're in kind of insane times right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people are fearful, when people are angry, the part of the mind that reasons tends to not function. Right. Uh, I think what's needed now is kindness. Yeah. Just for yourself, for uh, other people, you know, for people who may not share your opinion, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone is right and everyone is wrong and everyone's trying to get through it. uh, And people have been triggered in ways that even they don't understand. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's just hard to wrap our heads around really what's happening right now. This can have devastating consequences on our health. You, you know, we can say emotional health. We can say physical health. Those are just uh, arbitrary distinctions, right. uh, just our health. Yeah. Um, so really, so kindness is needed. Uh, understanding of the person, uh, understanding of yourself, understanding of the people you communicate with. Uh, it's more important now than it's ever been. I love that. That's that's perfect for the times. I mean, for always, but especially, especially right now. So I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. So um, tell us how people can reach out to you and get a hold of you, your website, how they can contact you, all that kind of thing. So uh, there are several ways. You know, these days you have to have several ways. Yeah. Uh, uh, the website is called uh, fintech. It's fintech-weightloss.com. Okay. Um, the Facebook is also FinTech Weight Loss. Okay. So anything FinTech Weight Loss, that's going to be me. Perfect. Um, uh, if you go on the website, there is a, a button for the FinTest. Uh, it's free of charge. There's no charge to take that. Uh, and then if you want to call the office, if you need some help with weight loss, you know, we're, we're happy to do that. 
we do it on a remote basis. We were doing it on a remote basis before this whole thing uh, happened. I have a lot of clients in Texas uh, and in Virginia and Florida and Indiana. Nobody in Minnesota. All right. All right. Nice. Uh, but I, I, I don't mind that. I like hockey. Um, <laughs> and so those are the primary primary ways, I think, of reaching us. Obviously, we have a phone number, but that's all on the website. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So I'll put all that stuff in the show notes so people can reach out to you. And I don't know, I really appreciate the conversation and would love to have you on again. I'm sure when there's other topics we would be um, good at discussing, that's for sure. So um, I look forward to that if possible. Thanks. That would be that would be, that would be my pleasure. You know what I, I, I think would be interesting is if you get some feedback uh, from some of your from some of your clients or some of your listeners, yeah. and we can see what it is that they got from this conversation, and and if they're resolved to do anything differently, I'd love to come uh, come back in several weeks and and see if that's the case. Okay, that'd be great. Okay, so listeners, when you're listening to this, if there's things that are coming up that you'd like to hear more about and have us discuss, please put in you know the comments and the in the you know rate and review and tell us what you want to hear this would be great and if you've had any epiphanies just just mention any epiphanies that you've had yes and i think you know your thin test on your website of thin tech-weightloss.com i mean that's going to be great for people to get a little insight about why they keep maybe doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result which is not what they want it's they're not losing the weight that'd be so so good that'd be i think that might be an epiphany right there for people that's what it's designed for. It's, yeah. it's designed to bring about an epiphany. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll put those in the show notes again so people can look into that and find their epiphany on the thin test. and Find your epiphany. It. I yes. like it. <laughs> That's a good, a good thing to do, <laughs> I think, right now. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll have you on again soon. All right. Thank you, Tiffany. You've been listening to Rock Bottom Wellness. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in every Tuesday for more exciting insights and wisdom on root cause nutrition and thyroid health. And be sure to sign up for your free seven-day fresh start healthy eating plan at rockbottomwellness.com or simply click on the link you'll find in the show notes. The information in this podcast is not intended to replace medical advice. Please see your healthcare provider for your specific health concerns. Until next time, eat well, be well.